While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Welcome to episode 16 of Overdue, a podcast about the books that you have been meaning to read. My name is Craig. And my name is Andrew. And if you didn't already know, each week we take a book off of our shelves or wherever we find these books. <laughs> Whatever those things are called. Whatever those things are called. I had to find the word for a second. Uh, preferably, preferably books we haven't read before or one of us hasn't read before. And we talk about it so that you don't have to have read it. Or if you have, you get to figure out what we got wrong. <laughs> That's basically it. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so coming off our last episode, which was a not a work of nonfiction, a style guide, Andrew, what did you decide to read this week? Um, I decided to read Max Brooks's World War Z, uh, An Oral History of the Zombie War is the subtitle. Okay, so yeah. is this a work of nonfiction? This is a work of uh, it's a work of fiction presented as a work of nonfiction. Okay. Okay. So what is when it says an oral history, what does that mean? It means that um it's told as a series of interviews. Okay. So you uh he he goes around, well like the narrator in the book goes around and um interviews a bunch of people who survived this uh zombie pandemic and uh through these interviews he constructs a picture of like how it went down like all around the world okay so yeah. why did you read this book Andrew? okay i read it i guess partly because there's a movie coming out and it does not look like a very good movie <laughs> <laughs> okay you have you seen have you seen i mean i have a thing against brad pitt's like off-season beard making a like making its way into movies now like have you seen that? It's my. It's among my least favorite beards. I haven't. I don't know that I recall the beard from the trailer. I've seen the trailer, but I didn't. Maybe know that. I mean, maybe you notice like the zombie mountains, like the writhing hills of zombies. Yeah, those things are creepy. But I don't, uh, I don't know about that. Most of what I remember is Brad Pitt's beard. Okay. So and usually you see like paparazzi pictures of him with that thing, <laughs> and you're like, man. When Ocean's Fifteen comes out, I'm gonna be so happy that he shaves that thing off. But yeah, he's gonna not in this movie. Um, so before we dive into the book itself, what are your thoughts on zombies? How do you feel about zombies? I'm not like I'm. I'm kind of over them. I think, and I think that's the popular way to feel about them because we've been so inundated. Like, is it zombies or vampires that has reached? like a higher level of saturation in our culture at this point. It was vampires for a good long while, but then like the walking dead became a thing, but a thing that a lot of people liked, like it has, it started out as a thing. A lot of people liked my, I I hear a lot of mixed stuff about it now. The TV show has its ups and downs at this point. (laughs) The, you know, the one video game they put out was okay. It was pretty good. Other the other that, video game they did about it was, it was not very bad. good, though. <laughs> and then it's also, it's, it's started life as comics, right? Yeah, like, you know, graphic novel. And I think that's still going. I don't think that that's over yet. Right. Um, but I think it was, it was 
zombies were on their way out before that kind of picked up all of the steam that it has now, like before it became an AMC show. And then I think they're back in now. I, yeah, but it's been like you have stuff like 28 Days Later and um, the yeah, Left 4 Dead happening. games and stuff. Um, so it's it's like they've been around for a while and I think it's been a slower burn maybe than than Vampires. Yeah, Vampires was real hot and heavy there for a second. Maybe you then... can't. Maybe it's because you can't do like sexy zombies. <laughs> well, they made that stupid movie <laughs> last year where that that zombie had like a heart like he was a. He was still sort of human. We actually, we saw that and I thought it was kind of cute. All right. Well, I won't lie. It was called Warm Bodies and it well, wasn't like, it ew. wasn't, it wasn't great, but it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. Okay. But yeah, I agree with you. Sexy zombie movie is a lot harder to do. Actually, that was kind of a sexy zombie movie, but Were not like in a, not sexy? like in a, well, he was, he was, he wasn't bad looking. All right. He did okay. Good on him for staying, he, a, staying a looker even he, after he, he becomes yeah, a zombie. He got some. And then like he he turned human again because of the power of love. Spoiler alert. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. So they found a cure for the zombieism. Well, the cure was love, actually. <laughs> I'm not. Spoiler alert. Again. I'm not even lying. It was okay. love. Okay. So, okay, so going into this book, we're a little <laughs> over zombies, right, where we are, or at least you as the reader, you're yeah. a little over them. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I think it's all been done at this point. Like, most, most zombie stories have a familiar arc to them, because it's either, like, usually it's either just at the start of some kind of, like, zombie outbreak, or it's, like, post-zombie outbreak. Now, and, um, and does... Does World War Z fall into the same thing that a lot of zombie movies fall into or zombie stories fall into where it's the real enemy is man? (laughs) Because that seems to be the third act of almost every zombie fiction. Wait, lay this out for me. Like, what is the... So, okay, 28 Days Later. We'll use 28 Days Later, right? Okay. Because that was a kind of flashy, pretty good early 2000 zombie movie, right? Right. So it's... You know, zombies in London, and it's some crazy virus, and they're fast zombies, which is creepy, but not supposed to be canon or whatever. And then canon to what? Like zombies, zombie canon. (laughs) But then you know they end up at some army base, and guess what? All the all the army dudes are worse than the zombies. Like it's just it's always about how mankind treats each other poorly. In the face of zombies. There are elements of that in this, but that's not like, that's not the main thrust of it. He does use the zombie like pandemic to make comments on wider culture, but um, I don't know if now is the, if we want to start with that or or how we want to. I was going to ask you if you could, if it had a discernible plot that you wanted to tackle in any way, since it is an oral history, like that's a. A different format than usual so yeah can... it it, it, it kind of does um i guess to start like you've got yeah like you've said there are two different kinds of zombies i think in popular culture um mm-hmm. classic zombies like the dawn of the dead style mm-hmm. zombies are like slow and shambling and have no particular agenda <laughs> they're just out they're, they're just, just out like for a good time out stumbling and okay. uh and like 28 days later zombies which i think are the more popular modern zombies like i think left for dead has a lot of that kind of the walking dead zombies are the old school zombies they are old school zombies okay yeah they just kind of shamble around they will come after you but they're not quick 
Yeah, which I found it kind of interesting because the trailer for this movie make these look like fast, you know, fast 28 days later zombies. It's a departure from everything I've heard about the book. Yeah, but the book is very much, you know, classic shambling, slow zombies that actually if you you have your wits about you and you are, you know, if you're smart, like you can just, you can freely, if you walk briskly, you can like get away with them, (laughs) get away from them without... Without suffering much harm. Like avoiding like a hug from an elderly grandparent you don't like? You just walk <laughs> away from them? <laughs> yeah, just power walk from the zombies. <laughs> but yeah, there is um, there is a narrative arc. So it's being told um, like 10 years after the quote unquote like end of hostilities in this zombie war. Okay. And he's getting the accounts of people who were there for the beginning of it. And then who lived through, like, the worst of it. There's this event called the Great Panic where, like, society as we know it basically breaks down. Cool. And then there is, um, after that, and um, there's a period where humanity kind of stabilizes itself and then systematically wipes most of the zombies out. Like, there definitely are still zombies at at the time that the book is being told. Like, I think Iceland was... um, overrun with refugees and it's just like all zombies there now like no there are no humans left (laughs) and um they can survive like underwater and stuff and then and they never decompose like the only way to kill them is to uh is to you know break their brains even even in the winter like they freeze and then they thaw out in the spring so it's like that at all yeah it's kind of creepy so, uh, yeah, like it, it's a virus and it's unclear how it starts, but there is a an implication that there's some like magic voodoo stuff going on. Yes, magic voodoo zombies. And um, it starts in like rural China mm-hmm. and then spreads through the rest of the world initially through um, through refugees and through like the black market organ trade. Ooh. Yeah, so basically once you're once you're bitten or if you get like an infected person's organ put into you, you Too gross. Yeah, you slowly get worse, then you fall into a coma and then you reanimate. And there's nothing about you that's that's you. Like you're just a you're a zombie. Great. And you then start trying to go around and bite other people. All right, cool. And that's the deal. Okay. Yeah, that that's the that's the main, that's the main thrust, thrust of it. Yeah. Right. I mean there there are other smaller things that we'll talk about, I'm sure, but Okay. Now, is there when you're when the book starts out? Like, I know it's tangentially related to the zombie survival guide. Yeah, that that was uh, at all, or is that just like a fun thing to know if you read that book? Also, um, it's more the latter than the former. Yeah, there's a there's an for the listeners out there. There there is an earlier. I think this is a 2006 or 2007 book. There mm-hmm. is an earlier 2000s book by Max Brooks called The Zombie Survival Guide. Yeah, and um, it also has in it these like fictit. You know, of course they're fictitious, but accounts of you know zombie outbreaks throughout history. <laughs> And um, this, I think this uses the same rules as that book. And it's even implied in a couple passages that that guide like exists in this universe as an actual survival guide for zombies. But other than that, there's not really, there's not an explicit like narrative link or anything. Like you don't have to have read this book, that book to get this one. Okay. Yeah. So who are the types of people that get interviewed for this account? Um, they're kind of all over the place. Like some of them are 
he he writes from perspectives of a lot of different people like you'll get the the guy who was like there when they found quote unquote patient zero um you get an account of somebody who was like up on the international space station when it happened and he was just like up there for like five years because or, or even longer i think because uh because, you know, zombie outbreak kind of interrupted space travel there for a little bit. That's awful. <laughs> How did he have enough food? Um, they actually managed to get over to, like, a Chinese space station what? that was falling out of orbit <laughs> and, like, get the supplies and stuff. That's great. <laughs> um, they talked to some, a bunch of military people. Um, and he talks to people from all over the world. Like, what is what's interesting is I think the book has the most to say about, like, U.S., politics and stuff but um he apparently did do a bunch of research into different cultures and Mm -hmm. stuff and there are a lot of interesting stories about how the different countries handle the conflict like uh, iran and pakistan uh panic and basically blow each other up with nuclear bombs oh god um north korea is this is only told from the perspective of someone from South Korea, but like as the outbreak worsens, the North Korean presence along the DMZ like slowly um, lightens until there's just <laughs> there's just like nobody in the country anymore. No. Like for for all appearances, it's a totally empty country, and it's like nobody knows what happened. But there's speculation that they like fled into these like underground tunnels, and oh my god, and you know who knows if they're all infected or not or, or what yeah, happened. Yeah. Um, and the U.S. is probably the most interesting, or I don't want to say the most interesting, but it's the most... Um, is it the most fleshed out? It's the most fleshed out, yeah. And so there's um, there's this, like, vital conflict in Yonkers where the army, like, with all its, with all its technology from, like, the Iraq War. And that's something interesting that maybe I should stop and talk about now, but, like... Okay. He uses the book to kind of comment on American foreign policy and stuff. Like he criticizes the, the Iraq war. He criticizes Bush. How specifically? Like what, that, what that's, is the policy? That's the interesting thing is they, he says, you know, the American people were fatigued from the wars that they were fighting. Oh, and like okay. people, there are characters who will talk about the president or the guy in office, but they don't, he doesn't name names. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody just says Bush, like, like a normal person would say. Yeah. And there's this one scene. Um, basically there's this guy who invents this plan that is one of those, like you saw 2012 with me um, I in, did. The, oh in the movie, God. in the movie 2012, yeah. The world's leaders basically decide to save what they can and then an sacrifice everybody yep. else. Mm-hmm. So there's a plan where you save what you can, but then you like strategically leave civilians kind of unguarded or partially guarded to distract the zombies while everybody else retreats and like recuperates. Okay. Okay. And it and it's like it's a sucky plan, but it's like the choice is between that and, you know, obliteration. <laughs> So it's a South African guy who invents this and he basically gets they like Nelson Mandela is in the book. What? And like endorses this plan. But they no. don't say they don't say it was Nelson Mandela. No. They just say he there was a guy and he was the president for a, for a long time and he's really well known. <laughs> but they don't he doesn't That doesn't sound like the type of plan that Nelson Mandela would put in place. I I don't know. That's I don't weird. Know. <laughs> okay so his critique of 
a lot of the American foreign policy is based on the idea that we were engaged in something that was a distraction and not worth our time, and it kind of left us. And it kind of, yeah, it, it kind of fatigued the American public, and you need the goodwill of the American public to to wage a war. And so there's um, there's like this fake drug for a while that somebody sells, even though they know it doesn't prevent the virus, oh, no. just to make a bunch of money. And that like lulls people into a false sense of security. So like through stuff like that, he kind of comments on, I think, Americans' propensity to get bored with something and move on to the next thing. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Um, and that's a lot of why it got as bad as it did in 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 America, you know, in the book. But there's this big conflict where they're using these weapons that were developed for Iraq and for like shock and awe and for and, and for and for things. But zombies aren't shocked and awed, <laughs> so you can like you can like lay mines down and blow their legs off, and they'll still just crawl toward you and bite you. That's that's like a line from the book is that you know zombies can't be shocked and awed. Oh my god, that's pretty funny. I yeah. like that. But um yeah, that's during the the part of the book where and 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 he uses individual things like he doesn't go around to every country and tell about, you know, the the Yonkers like turning point in uh-huh. in the war where, you know, humanity gets routed, but he uses like these individual instances to to say, you know, the rest of the world was pretty much all like this. Like it's yeah, and yeah. it's the same thing with that South African plan to like save what they could. Like every country is implied to have come up with a plan like that of their own eventually. And have failed. Yeah. Yeah. Um I feel like I'm talking a lot, so do you have any like questions or anything at this well, point? Like no, I mean it's modeled after the Studs Turkle style of of writing which is you know the oral history account um because mm-hmm. modeled after the book the great war i think which was world war ii um what i guess i'm just interested in what the interviewers you know version of the events is or is it you know primarily first person from the people who are speaking it's almost entirely first person from the people who are speaking like you see his questions and occasionally his reactions to things that they're saying. And like, yeah. there's a point where he's like the guy who invented that fake miracle drug is like hold away in an Antarctic bunker with all oh, his no. money. And he's just, he's like totally unrepentant. Oh, no. And so there, there are times when he's interviewing people like that, where he like his disgust with, with people's attitudes kind of bleed through a little bit, but it's largely, First person from the point of view of the interviewees. Does it have, and this is a totally unrelated question, um, you know, it, criti- it critiques foreign policy and stuff like that. Does it have anything to say about kind of domestic policies like healthcare or, you know, kind of resource management, stuff like that? There is a section where, you know, humanity. Like America, again, is the example. Like Mm -hmm. humanity eventually gets west of the Rocky Mountains and then, you know, sets that as a rough perimeter and then starts to clear away the outbreaks, you know, be, you know, behind the mountains and then sets up back there. And there's a whole section and there's actually like a whole like arm of the government that is um, it's dedicated to one, like for the military 
find it because you just you just need to pop the zombies in the head so like big expensive like jets and bombing campaigns and stuff don't work but you do want like rifles that are really easy to reload yeah and really versatile um so so they like reform the military and do like a do like a cost benefit analysis of all their (laughs) weapons essentially and there's also like a big retraining program where you get you get people who and there's one little anecdote where there's it's somebody who was like an agent in Hollywood or something, mm-hmm. and you know her skill set is not valuable anymore no. in this in this world, and so she's being like taught to be a plumber or a carpenter or something. And the person who's teaching her this this skill is the person who used to clean her house. Oh wow, <laughs> that's kind of great. Yeah, so people people all get retrained to have like very practical skills and. Um, you know, some people who used to be like lawyers and executives and stuff are kind of upset about it. But that seems to be one of the things that I've seen as, you know, every once in a while when like an essay pops up, it's like, why do people like all these zombie movies or whatever? They do talk about arc, you know, that crops up with disillusionments with corporate culture or with, you know, the current uh, financial state of the country sometimes. Because yeah, it's like right. you, you become disillusioned with the whatever abstract rat race that we're running and zombies of course throw that all into stark relief right make it essentially worthless yeah and um i think brooks has gone on the record in interviews as saying like americans in particular like zombie stories because we as a culture like to believe that you know given the right tools and circumstances that we can weather pretty much anything Mm-hmm. And so there's there's like something about the the like the survivors of a zombie war like fighting their way through it like I don't know something about that resonates with with us in a particular that seems way. Very optimistic, but is the book <laughs> that optimistic? The book doesn't sound like it is. Um, it's it's mixed, you know. Like uh, they do, you know, they do route the zombies eventually. And, and like, it's, it's not, it's still not safe. Like zombies are still underwater. Zombies are still attracted to like oil derricks and, and you know, any, or like oil platforms, like anything out in the water. Okay. Like you'll, you'll get zombies who like just crawl up the chains and stuff and, and, oh, and try and get you. And there are still, you know, pockets of them who, especially in cold areas where they freeze and they aren't necessarily obvious or easy to find. Oh, okay. For a large part of the year. Yeah, 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 because of because of the nuclear, you know, missiles going off and also because of um like Saudi Arabia just burns its oil fields. Oh no. So there are environmental factors that make winters last longer than they used to. Of course. Yeah. Um I don't know where I was going with that. Um What were we talking about? I don't know what we were talking about. <laughs> so, all right. So I Oh, oh, look, optimistic. Oh, optimistic. Yeah, optimism. Um, yeah, they, they, humanity survives, but there are a lot of people, you know, saying, you know, the horrors that they have seen cannot be unseen. And I mean, tons of people through the book commit suicide. Oh, really? Because they just can't. Like there, there are people who commit suicide. There are people who get this weird kind of Stockholm syndrome and they act like zombies, but they're not actually zombies. That's awful. What is that? Yeah. Yeah, there's like a whole subset of people who just go nuts. Do they have a name for it? Um, they're like, called Quizlings. That's terrible. What does that yeah, mean? I don't know. It's like it's somebody's name, I think. So you like start 
And then there are like feral children oh, and God. there are like feral pets. And like I guess a bunch of like the house cats that survived all just bred and now like there are these cats that are like three times the size of cats ah. who will just like call off and bite you if they no, see no. You. <laughs> And whales are dead. There are no more whales. What? Huh. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> I'm just dropping facts on you. What? Um See now you're okay. See this is interesting. This is the scary apocalypse that we're part. What other well, terrible things are now part of the world, or not um, part of the world anymore? Just like you, they don't make the same kind of technology anymore. You know, they don't make the same kind of cars anymore. Things have, things are coming back slowly, but the world has been super depopulated, and their priorities obviously have shifted a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not like these things have disappeared. Like there's still TV, and there's still how is you know, there still TV? Well, I mean, there's still like TV, and there's still radio, and and like by the time this stuff has happened, and there there's a whole section of the book that's about somebody who basically made propaganda films because like humanity, there are people who had this condition where they would just go to bed and die in their sleep because they lost hope or something. Great, yeah, Great. it's just. And the interesting thing about the book is that I think most zombie stories are very, they have a very narrow scope. Like I think most of them focus on a person or like a group of people who is living in the midst of some kind of worldwide or like location wide zombie outbreak. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this book is very like, it, it doesn't just look at the beginning or the middle or the end of it. And it doesn't, just look at any one area and it also doesn't just focus on the human element like obviously that's most of it but you know there there's a lot on how the breakdown of society and how the war on the zombies has impacted you know has impacted culture and has impacted the environment yeah. and you know the ecosystem and well yeah cuz that that seems to be the the main arc of a lot of like you said like a lot of zombie stories like the walking dead is the main storyline takes place in, you know, the South and will always take place in the South. And part of that fiction is that you're not really supposed to know what's going on in the outside world. Like, that's part of the point. Um, and, you know, the Romero movies are similar. It's usually a small band of people in a specific location, you know, not knowing what's going on because that's part of what's scary about it. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's interesting how he makes like a lot of countries have broadly similar reactions to mm-hmm. to things breaking down and like they take a broadly similar approach to reclaiming you know reclaiming land you know that mm-hmm. that's been overrun but um what's what's more interesting sometimes are are like the differences okay like there are a few countries that um and he doesn't he do, he usually again as with like the actual you know political figures he doesn't name names usually but yeah, it's implied yeah, yeah. that a lot of religious people um suffer particularly because mm-hmm. they like some of them view they view this as god's punishment as or, the um, apocalypse or whatever yeah yeah or like in india a lot of people go to the i think the ganges river is that the big one in india mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay um, thinking, you know, believing in its healing power and they just go and they get bit. So like oh, all no. up and down, all up and down the Ganges is oh, just God. this horrible infested hotspot. But then like Russia, people were committing suicide at such a rate, especially in the army, 
that um you know eventually they turn to religion to to like help with you know help their help their consciences and their oh, souls so okay so it's not just religion as an emptying of faith but religion as a necessary thing to keep people around at all yeah and and yeah. the book and the book presents both like actually russia in the in the book is called the holy russian empire now hmm. interesting um, yeah that's like the extent to which religion was necessary in that country to like help the people carry on now you said you, it starts in china what how does what happens in china um the particular story is it's like this this little boy and his dad um were diving like there was this uh, city that was kind of buried underwater when they when they created this dam like an ancient city mm-hmm. and they were diving down into the ruins of it to like find treasure mm-hmm. and like they got bitten by something underwater oh and then when they came back to the village they bit some more people oh no and then um and 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 it's implied that this was not like an isolated incident like he is referred to as patient 0 in the book but there there's not a um it's not that he was the first one it was that he was the first one that they It's found. like that was the first kind of person who was infected it was like this it's it's this rural chinese population and then it slowly spreads out from there just because people don't people for a long time don't understand it Yeah of course and there's a lot like he also is criticizing in america the news media a lot because they're you know, you have a bunch of pundits who get on the air during the 24-hour news cycle and just spout stuff off despite not understanding it. Oh, so no. they say, you know, take the vaccine and you'll be fine. Go north because the zombies freeze in the winter and you'll be fine. Except they don't know that, like, the vaccine is is not effective and that the zombies thaw out once. Is there a is there a central character? You know, as I'm thinking about this, because, you know, in these movies, you know, to go back to your early example of 2012... Or the or the earlier movie, The Day After Tomorrow, you know. There's always the one guy, or Jeff Goldblum from Independence Day. There's the one guy <laughs> who, like, bursts into the government building and it's like, here's what's really happening. And everyone's like, no, it's not happening. Don't worry about it. And then the news doesn't get it. Like, is there that guy in this book? Um, there's not. There, there's a story about, um, I think it's it was like an in- Israeli intelligence agency that was kind of one of the first to you know, categorically go through all these reports of scattered outbreaks all over the world and like put the puzzle pieces together. Okay. And they like wrote a report that of course was not like heated at the time. Yeah. Yeah. About like exactly what was happening and how to, how to counteract it. But there is no, there's no central figure like that. Um, my okay. understanding of the Brad Pitt movie is that Brad Pitt is playing the, like the interviewer oh, character, okay. I think. Maybe I I could be totally <laughs> wrong about that, but like they they have chosen to take to and make him like the central character, but there's no character like that in the book. Okay. Like the cl- the closest thing you get is the interviewer, and you see so little of him that mm. he's he's not he's not really hardly a character at all. Yeah, you don't really get a sense that he has a particular story to tell. He's just interested. He's just he's just trying to tell the story, and there's okay. a little uh, preface thing that you know, written by the quote unquote, the interviewer that's just saying like, 
the government commissioned him to put this report together, and in their version, they just wanted like numbers and the hard facts and stuff. But he was going to tell he, the human story. Yeah, like he wanted to take the the accounts that he got and put them together into the human record of of you know what had happened. When you were talking earlier about the uh, the Israelis report that went unheeded, does he spend a lot of time on the on that whole like? we should have known about this sort of thing. Is that a conflict that gets explored in the book? There's, there's some of it. Like there's definitely a sense of if we knew then what we know now. Yeah. And, um, you know, if only the U S government had taken a more aggressive tack toward fighting it back. If, you know, if only, if only, if only, but there's like, the book is split up into very discrete sections. And actually there are uh, like six or seven, chapters that are composed of multiple interviews one, oh interesting okay one two three four five six seven eight actually and do those go chronologically or yeah they, they go chronologically like there's you know there there are the first signs there are you know it's beginning to spread there's the breakdown of society there is um l- l- like stabilizing and like getting together and just figuring out how to weather it and mm-hmm. then slowly you fight back out. Okay. Okay. And and start to reclaim cities and, and land and stuff. Do they um, and they don't have a cure though, right? No, there's no cure. So it's okay. it's it's and, and part of the book, like it doesn't it doesn't spend a lot of time saying, you know, wondering whether these zombies are still people. Mm-hmm. Just that no cure exists and there's no evidence that anything of what they were before, you know, survives intact. Yeah. yeah. So there are people who have problems with that and people who are kind of haunted by by that. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a, tro- a, you know, that's a trope of zombie fiction, too, mm-hmm. is the, the character who has to deal with a loved one who has become a zombie. Right. And they are trying to interact with them as if they are still that person or, you know, it makes them regret all the things that they should have done while that person was not a zombie, you know? Yeah. And there, and that, that's a lot of, that impulse is a lot of why the infection spreads in the first place. Like there, mm. there is an account of like a Chinese smuggler who would pass on the, on the road, these carts where obviously there was something in the back of them or something that was like rattling around. And obviously the, the person driving the cart was like trying to find something that would cure them mm. and oh, just like okay. trying to hold out hope that, that, you know, would never be fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. How does it, how does the, what is the state of things towards the end of the book? Like, so we've got the Holy Russian Empire. America's west of the Rockies. Well, um, um, they, like the end of the war, quote mm-hmm. unquote, again, quote unquote, the end is um, like the, the American army which now has like bite proof uniforms and these very versatile <laughs> rifles that can be changed from like sniper to mid range to close up rifles, you know, really quickly. Interesting. They kind of, they go on the systematic three year campaign to like retake the land. And so the war ends in America, at least when they retake New York city. Oh, okay. Of course. And, um, so like there there's a sense that things are beginning to I don't want to say get back to normal but like there is a new normal and it doesn't involve living in constant fear of zombies like kids born after the outbreak know not to go near water and they know not to go out at night and they like Yeah, yeah. 
like zombies still show up and they're still kind of a fact of life, but people know how to handle it now. And it, it's all, it's all kind of been contained at this point. And there's an implication that, you know, maybe like two or three generations down the line, this will be, but a memory, but interesting. Yeah. So, you, you know, you were saying, we were talking earlier about the social commentary in the book. Does the book purport any, purport to have any specific lessons we should have learned from the zombie war? Is there some, are there any things that, you know, we don't know now or we take for granted now that we should have done to avoid such a terrible disaster? There's some, there's some stuff about like how before the war, you know, you'd have these people and they'd be neighbors, but they wouldn't ever interact except to, you know, call the police about a dog that wouldn't shut up or something. And it's, it's fostered a sense of community and commonality, you know, throughout, throughout the world because everybody has been through this. Mm -hmm. Um, There are still people who bear, you know, pre-war grudges, Mm -hmm. especially like, you know, Israel, Palestine is still fraught though. I believe it's, it's unified now. Interesting. Um, or like people still have an issue with, with America and with its policies, even, even though, you know, but at the time of the outbreak, I believe China was the, like it's set in the near future. Like China is acknowledged as like the world's number one power at that point. But Hmm. when, yeah, I think one of the things they changed for the film is that it's set in the present day also. So and this may, you know, 2013 may be the near future from from for the, the book, like, yeah. from the 2006 perspective from yeah, which yeah. the book was the book was written, but um hmm. yeah. I'm trying to think if there are other any other things you want to talk about? Do you have more questions? It's just, it's just what else? Okay, what else did anything else surprise you in the book? Cuz you tell me there are no more whales that surprises me. <laughs> Um, nothing on the scale of that, I don't think. Um, I will say about the structure of the book, like the way it's set up yeah, yeah. in a bunch of little interviews and you very rarely see two interviews from the same person. Okay. Um, he does a pretty good job of maintaining the narrative thread throughout, mm-hmm. But there are some places where it kind of loses momentum a little more, a little, or you like would like to know more about a specific geographical region or a specific person or set of people, and the book like cuts out to to move on to the next thing. Yeah, I wonder if so. I think it's mostly the format. I think works in its favor because it has a lot of ground to cover without being you know a million miles long. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, sometimes you do want more of a particular scenario and it's and it's not there which i guess is better than wanting less of a particular that's, scenario yeah so that's true it, i'll yeah, give him that <laughs> it starts to beg that question where you know it's it's fiction sort of imitating not quite a reference book because an oral history is different than like a history text you know um but when it, you start creating a world like that and you start you know people start getting interested in it it's hard to not want it to be just fully fleshed out. Like, why didn't you just create that, a giant wiki and call it World War Z, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that might be an American thing too. It's just not to be like, I I look at it with like TV shows or something. Like when a TV show gets canceled before it's time, people like want it to come back and want more and more and more of it, even though what was there was good. Like the arrested development thing. Yep. 
or like a show is really good at the beginning and people want more 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 and they get it and eventually it sucks like yeah. the office which just yeah. ended so or you know so yeah just... like maybe maybe it's good that we don't have more and maybe it's good that he didn't go with these particular characters until we were tired of them or bored with them or whatever yeah it's interesting that you say that you wanted more of it in a good way because that does seem to be what a lot of the zombie fiction does well in what you were saying earlier about its limited scope. I think even though it's tackling the zombie issue from a macro scale, it does seem like it, you know, has a little bit of restraint. It's not trying to be an encyclopedia. It's trying to be a specific take on the event, you know, kind of like, kind of like uh, the war of the worlds actually, because it was like an imagined global disaster from a very narrow perspective, mm-hmm. but it still managed to tell you everything about what happened, which was kind of neat. Oh, and I did, while well, you mentioned uh, War of the Worlds, which we read a few episodes ago, there was actually, and it doesn't, like, the quote isn't even particularly great or anything, <laughs> but on, on um, a little later on in the book, they do actually make a reference to All Quiet on the Western Front, oh, like the book. Okay. <laughs> which I just thought was funny because we, you know, we did that one too. Yeah, yeah. So, callbacks. That's great. Callbacks. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's the that's the book. And I guess I you look at a book that gets made into a major motion picture and you maybe go into it expecting to like take the Da Vinci Code as an example. <laughs> like I was I was unsure whether this would be kind of the bad kind of poplet where it's very mm-hmm. shallow and it doesn't have a lot to say. But um, I, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed this one and I think it does, um, it's not like perfect, but it does a pretty good, it's a pretty good take on the zombie genre. It's, it's like not, you know, it's not tired. It's not, um, it does, it hits on a lot of the same tropes, but it does it in such a unique way that you're not like, oh, I can't believe this is another zombie book. Yeah. It seems to be about the form or the, you know, the, the structure and the form rather than the content that is, that is new. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's, 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 it's a bunch of like, if you take a movie like 28 days later or something that focuses on a small group, like it's just, it's a bunch of microscopic versions of that. Yeah. And the way he meshes them together, I think is probably the most, the most worthwhile thing about it. You know what they should have done instead What's of making a movie is they should have just aped like Ken Burns and done <laughs> a World War Z, but Ken Burns style. That actually would have been, I think, a better form for it to take. God. I, I wonder even if you could have done it as like a uh, like a six part miniseries or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have done it. But I, th- I think it's I'm surprised that they didn't do a kind of faux documentary angle. Even like uh, something like District 9, maybe? Yeah, even something like that. Just that little extra layer that is not an action film, you know? Yeah, yeah. they're take, they're taking... I th- and again, you can't really judge a movie by its trailer because who knows what's going to happen. But it looks very conventional. Yes. From the trailer. Yes. Um, which, I, I mean, it'll probably be popular. It'll probably do a million billion dollars of business. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even after reading the book, like I don't feel like I need to go see the movie just based on the trailer. I feel like this is going to be a case where it can't possibly encompass all the stuff that the book encompasses, mm-hmm. and the range of what the book encompasses is a lot of what makes it worthwhile. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, before we sign off, Andrew, I had a quick question. Did they? Where does the word zombie come from in in that? Like, when do they start calling them zombies? Does that just is that just a thing they take for granted? It, it's just kind of a thing they take for granted, though. They do they do have a lot of, especially the military has a lot of jargon for them. Like they'll call them Z or uh, Zach is a, is a what? common one. They'll call them G's, which I'm not sure what that's about. Like geeks, maybe. Like I I don't, I don't think know. it's geeks. <laughs> well, geek in the like carny sense. Where you're like biting the heads off chickens, maybe it's that's that's that one's not made clear. But but it's like you know how um, in many wars past, I think especially the military has nicknames. come up with disparaging nicknames or, for the people that they're fighting. So, and yeah, so Zach you don't have is, to use a real slur. How about like skin jobs from Battlestar Galactica? They yeah, come up yeah, with those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. So yeah. we don't have to use a real racist term. We <laughs> <laughs> try to keep those out of here. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, because it's just some of the other, you know, some of the other zombie fiction. They don't even call them zombies ever. You know, they don't, yeah, like they some zombie... zombies in Walking Dead. They just call them walkers. Or there's a funny episode where like other people call them biters, and then they encounter the main characters who are like calling them walkers. They're like, oh, that's a funny name for them. Like, it's like a weird, it's a weird like wink and a nod to the idea that this is not a thing that anybody understands. Yeah, like in some, and I haven't seen The Walking Dead, but it seems like in some zombie fiction, they try to pretend like zombie fiction doesn't does not like exist yeah, in the which universe. Is super weird, <laughs> but they kind of have to, because otherwise it would get all weird and referential. Yeah, well, like if an actual zombie outbreak happened in America, like we would know what to do instantly. Like it wouldn't even be a thing. Yeah, we'd just be like, "Oh, zombies! Okay, we got this. Whatever." That's so funny. I, I <laughs> forgot that that's like a whole thing that has to happen in zombie yeah. fiction, and it's not. There's nobody in this book who's talking about like Dawn of the Dead or anything. Like no. it's 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 implied, kind of, that. Well, I guess it doesn't it doesn't make a statement one way or the other as to whether zombie fiction exists in in the universe, but they definitely don't say definitively like yes or no one way or the other yeah, yeah. that's weird zombies <laughs> zombies huh huh yeah but to be worthwhile as a zombie as zombie anything now like you have to have a good twist and i think this this book even even in today's like zombie fatigued times has an interesting enough twist to make it worthwhile yeah i don't think i've ever i don't think there's anything else that's done it which is great you know, like i haven't seen anybody kind of ape it you know mm. um so yeah, all right. There you go. There you go. World War Z. Uh, so if you have any specific questions about the zombie war that you know Andrew didn't answer, you can email them to overduepod at gmail dot com, or you can put them on our Facebook page at facebook dot com slash overduepod, or tweet them at overduepod. Uh, if you wanted to subscribe to our show, Andrew, where would you direct them? Um, if you wanted to subscribe to our show, you could go to our website at overduepodcast.com. Um, we have links up there for our RSS feed, which uh, you can subscribe to in any any feed reader that you happen to use. And we also have an iTunes store link if you have an iOS device and would like to subscribe to us there. We would really appreciate it. We would also appreciate it if you could rate and review us. Uh, it makes us... Feel good to know people are listening and have opinions on the show. So, yeah, we, w- we would really like that. It's and, the Internet's um, way of telling your friends, which is another thing we'd appreciate it if you did. Yeah. Tell your friends. By hook or by crook, make them listen to this podcast. 
And I'm also on that website, overduepodcast.com, for those of you with short attention spans. Uh, we have links, Amazon links, to the books. Um, not just the book that we read, but also the books that we have read and the next two books that we will be reading. So if you want to read a book that we've talked about you, that you think is particularly interested, interesting, or if you would like to uh, read along, uh, you, you can do that. And that's a way to support the show and help us pay our hosting bills and all that fun stuff. I think that's all. I think that's yeah. everything. Yeah. It's, a, it's such a long spiel. That... Yeah, I know. Let's get out of here before the zombies show up. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. Bye.